My name is Bree Bagwell. I am a singer-songwriter. I live in Texas, and I tour pretty much consistently. I just released my fifth studio album called Corazon y Cabeza back in August, a full-length record. And I'm always working on new things. I always got something else up my sleeve. <laughs> there you go. A lot better than I than I would have been. <laughs> Perfect. Great. But yeah, so you're also the first female artist. So you're you're the you're the OG. Oh well, I like that. Yeah. Um, I really like that. We've been talking about female stuff all day, and just um, you know, we're getting all the festivals we want, which is really really great. And now we're just fighting for great lineup positions, and um, there's just so many more girls on the Texas music scene than when I started, and it's it's really fun to watch and be able to kind of talk to them because I feel like there was only a, a handful of us when I started and we had no one to really ask. We were kind of sending for ourselves. So pretty fun to see the new ones on the scene. Yeah. It, well, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm learning myself as I go along about new artists, but uh, I have to ask. Yeah. And, and this is like my opinion, but you'll be able to give an opinion on this. Obviously. In my opinion, it is so much harder to be a female artist. Oh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And um, my boyfriend's been in the music scene for like 20 years. And, and he said he thought he knew everything about it. And then, you know, now seeing it firsthand, he was like, oh, my goodness. You know, there's just it comes with its own set of challenges. And um, I mean, even everything from just traveling and having to get ready and having hair to wash and and the boys just slap on a backwards hat and they look great. And I get so mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, God forbid you were to go out to get something without getting ready. And I, I, I've, I've just heard people say things and it's like, really? Like I, I get why like Britney Spears shaved all her head off. They were like, you need to have perfect hair every time you go out. And just, okay. Get rid of it. <laughs> Cause it's so. Right. And they were sending her, you know, pictures of, of uh, like Christina Aguilera's abs and I mean like the body things. And, and I, I feel like there's a lot more comments just on um, like my hair color and, you know, appearance comments more so than a man gets. And I always just feel that, you know, my philosophy has been to just put together the best band I can put together the greatest show that I can and write the best songs that I can and, and work harder than anyone else. And I, I just think that's, that's going to be what changes it. And that's the best way to make a statement. And that's kind of been my philosophy. And I haven't really like raised hell about some things that I shouldn't have, but um, sometimes things are still happening where that's not enough. And it is just, it is very frustrating. So we have a kind of a little girls group text between like people like Sunny Sweeney, <laughs> where we can kind of get it out and help each other and talk through those things yeah. when they arise. Yeah, that that's that's great. It's kind of like a support group. <laughs> Absolutely, and the, it's pretty hilarious, and it, it keeps things a little lighthearted, and um, and and I love it. And all the women in there are very successful, and and we're all really doing it full time, so we get it. And it's kind of the only person you can sometimes, if you even try to complain or or say anything, you have to be very eloquent about it, or you have to. You just have to tread lightly because you don't want people, you know, all, all of a sudden you're complaining. <laughs> yeah. It's a fine line. Yeah, it, exactly. Like, it, it, I, I've just seen so many things where I'm just like, 
you know, and like, God forbid you, you defend yourself and it's like, oh, oh, don't we, you have an attitude. And it's like, no, you came, you came at me for no reason. Like, like yeah. you said, it's just, I've, it just, I, like, I've been in a band, I've, you know, done the whole thing and I've just, I've heard, and it's just like, I don't know, it's way harder. It, it, it has to be just from what I've experienced. It's, it's some, just some of the unwarranted kind of things people just think they can say. And yeah. Or there's only, you know, well, we already have a female, so we can't have another one. Stuff, stuff like that. Or, um, or I'll get a, a message. Hey, there's a new girl on the Texas scene. Are, are you worried about her? I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean worried? Like there's plenty of room, you know, do you text Randy Rogers that there's a new guy on the scene? It's just, there's always room for more boys, but it was, it becomes a competition when it's females. That's so strange. And, yeah. And we all get along so well, so there was kind of like a cat fight comment going around, which was hilarious. <laughs> it just made us all laugh. We, we we get along so great. Yeah, I I like I, when I was at Mile Zero, I loved seeing that, and I just to me like the little groups I've seen, like it, what you guys have going on is so much more tight, and just just like the fact like I was talking. And they're like, oh, we had to fly in a, a keyboardist last minute. And it was like, Drew Heracle. I'm like, Drew. <laughs> you know, I've seen him with Cody Jenks and he does all. Right. all it's just so cool. Everyone just helps each other out. And it's just, it's just like a, more like a, a family type thing. I just. It's absolutely a big family thing. And that's why those things are so terrifying for us because it's all of our best friends. And four days in the keys, <laughs> like, you know, the, the temptation to just stay out and have the best time with the coolest people. And we, we don't get to see each other very often. So when we do it's it's, and then getting to play with all those great musicians and, and, and then they kind of put together that super group band at the end and we all got to jump up and sing. And it was just, it's really magical. And it's not, it really is like that. We have all these different group texts with all the, the Key West artists. And then I have a, uh, a, a group text of all the New Braunfels artists, and we all because we all live around the same place, and and we're all just buds. Yeah, it's funny. It, it, I just watched your uh, video of somebody miss. Well, it's you going back and forth about mispronouncing uh, New Braunfels. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I did do that on TikTok or something. Yeah, didn't I? yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, it's very funny because. Um, people that even live here say it wrong. It is so, it's so strange to me. <laughs> so weird. Now, I, I know you're from New Mexico and you've been in Texas. Do you consider yourself uh, like a naturalized Texan? Yeah, maybe an honorary Texan. I, I, I've been here for, I've been here since 2005. So I love New Mexico and it will always be my home. And it's such a great underrated state. It's, it's amazing, but Texas has definitely been home. And I, and I, we just bought property here. We're building a house on uh, some property here. So we're here to stay and we love New Braunfels. Uh, I lived in Austin a long time and I loved Austin so much, And but it just got kind of unaffordable. And so once I came to New Braunfels, I, I wish I would have moved here sooner. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know? I was, I was reading an article. You said uh, uh, a piece of dirt. That you were going, yeah. <laughs> that you you wanted to buy. It's uh Paul, right? Yeah, Paul. I've never. I keep. I kept saying on stage, I've never owned a dirt, and that's not <laughs> you know grammatically correct, but it's it, it's endearing to me because I just I we walked over there today just to go 
look at it. You know, it's our, it's our place. And then COVID really ruined our building plans. So it got put off and put off and put off and, and we're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of it ourselves. And so it's funny when you're talking about how it's a family and, and all of the people have kind of in Texas music have found out that we're doing this house and we're doing the inside um, pretty much ourselves. And like Willie Brown from Reckless Kelly came up and was like, I want to build your bar. And we're <laughs> what? Like he just wants to build our bar and be a part of our building project for, for free. I'm assuming for free, maybe for some whiskey, but <laughs> I mean, it's just so neat that everyone wants to help us out. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But, and also I was reading, it said, uh, you like to surround yourself uh, with people that are better to, to learn. Did you ever have like a moment where that really benefited yourself? Yeah, I think it's kind of scary to do that. And I didn't do it as much as I should have early on in my career. But um, most recently, it has been Rachel Loy, who's my producer. And she plays bass, guitar, she sings, she writes songs. Um, she sings amazing harmonies and, um, now she's moved into the producing realm and I, and just, I would just got to go to Nashville and play a show with her. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity had I not just taken the leap and kind of put myself in that circle. And it was crazy to be playing with all these incredible, I mean, they were just the top musicians of the Nashville top songwriters and to be kind of in that mix was really amazing for me because it was all natural people and I'm obviously very regional. So to be included and I, I don't know, she's, she's so wonderful and, and she doesn't ever make me feel like she's better than me. And she would probably argue that she's not in a lot of ways because she's so nice, but she, to me, I think she's better and she's just, she's out of this world talented. Yeah. And especially with, with music, there's always something to learn. Whether, uh-huh. And evolve and adapt. Yeah, whether it be like, what's that knob do when you're sitting at a board to just, just even like, like since you play guitar, I'd like, I I play guitar as well. Just watching somebody else play and they do something and you're like, wow, why didn't I think of that? It, it's just, it, the day you stop learning is, it's just the day you start degrading is, is what I believe. It should always be an evolution. Like you shouldn't be going back towards the ocean. You should be <laughs> trying, yeah. just trying to get better and better. It, there's just, there's so much. And to be ignorant of, you know, like, Oh, even if you don't like it, there's like, you can always find something. And I did like that because there's some people that they don't surround themselves in that environment. And it's it, it, as a, I was talking to somebody else and he says, yeah, that's, they normally they normally end up being the people that you know. They need to be told no a lot more. It's yeah, the whole isolation. Just I, I did I did love that quote. Wow. Oh well, that's great. And I listened to some of my earlier music, and no one was kind of challenging my songwriting or my singing in certain ways that I wish they would have. But it wasn't that they. Uh, I did, you know, I don't know. I, I just wish I would have been challenged more because Rachel will say, Hey, this second verse is not as good as the first verse. And, and you're kind of like, ah, no, maybe, you know, deep down, but it kind of takes someone to bring out the best of you and, and push you and, and help you fix it. And it doesn't have to be an ugly thing. Sometimes confrontation, like I'm not a very confrontational person. So I always thought 
oh, this person's going to come in and try to change everything I do and they're not going to understand me. And I was like young and ah, and it's like, it can be a collaborative thing and, and it can be a beautiful relationship. And it's, it's like, hey, let's fix the second verse. And then it goes great and the record comes out and you're so thankful that, that you changed the things that you changed. Yeah, definitely. So with with your your song uh, "Hello Highway," uh, when, oh. I, when I'm gone, I'm home. Like, <laughs> is is like being on the road? Like, do you love like the sense of adventure? Like, do you, I guess do you like the aspect of traveling, new place, or even like like places you love? I, I did like yeah, I, I did like that song. All of it. Thank you so much. You really, you really did your little homework over there. I'm impressed with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love all of it. I love the sound of the tires. I drove the van and trailer home the other day. I, I love driving. I don't mind driving. I love looking at things. I love stopping at a local brewery. I love, uh, you know, this, I love sunsets and it's, uh, my boyfriend also loves to travel and we love to hike and we love to see new places and, see old places and it's, 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 it's the best and it's really not for everybody. And I, I, I don't want people to think that I'm just never have a problem packing and unpacking a suitcase. Cause it's, it does, that does get stressful. And I guess some, some girl was like, you just have no problem just living out of suitcase all the time. And that's not exactly true. I have moments where it gets tough to just unpack, repack and go. But um, once I'm gone, I just so happy to be traveling. Yeah, well, I saw you do what like, close to two hundred shows a year for the last what over a decade. So that's definitely you. You, you got to love it <laughs> to do to yeah. be that much. I kind of I don't do that anymore. I think we did like closer to a hundred this year, and then obviously COVID kind of messed stuff up yeah. before that. But I was really going i'd play anywhere i would play any anywhere i played as many shows as possible but i think that that was really good for the first 10 years of my career to do that i think that it taught me how to be a performer it taught me how to talk to people it taught me how to um do my hair in five minutes if i have to do it (laughs) (laughs) um and i kind of we were having a a blast in the early days and i was 10 years younger and i had younger guys and we were just kind of just thrilled to be there. And so things have kind of settled down a little bit and we're being a little bit more picky about what we play and, and how much we're gone. And, and uh, I don't know if I could do close to 200 anymore, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. And, and venues, if you, do you prefer like seated venues, like listening rooms, or are you more like the arena people on the rail, big shows, or is it just I, a show's a yeah, show? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's tough because I like both. But if I had to pick one, I, I love listening shows because I love to tell stories behind the songs, and I write so many songs that it's fun to try out new stuff and and be able to tell where each song came from and and have everyone listening. That's that's my favorite. Um, but I have such a good band right now. We've been really playing some. We played like a county fair near Houston on saturday night and big stage and big life and big sound and that that's really fun too so hard to pick yeah that when when you do write do you have like a creative process like a routine or anything or is it just you just have the the urge to write a song or 
I, I wish that I didn't have to do this because it's almost, I don't know why it feels embarrassing for me to talk about, but my producer got me into this songwriting group. Uh, it's like, a, it's basically self-imposed songwriting homework. And so you get a word or a phrase and then you have to incorporate it, write a song by yourself and turn it in by midnight or else you get kicked out of the group. And so I did that for a couple of years. I wrote one song every week. And now my boyfriend and I head up a songwriting group that it's just one song every two weeks. We kind of like relax the rules a little bit because one a week is it was a lot, but I've been doing that consistently and I wouldn't have almost any song on the last record if I wouldn't, if it wouldn't be for that group, because I'm not disciplined enough for some reason to just write songs. And if you wait for inspiration, at least for me, six months will go by and I haven't written anything and we're so busy and now there's social media. And so if I don't force myself to write, I don't do it. Yeah. That's uh, when I was, my, uh, Caitlin Buss was talking about a group like that. She had like, yeah, she isn't one. Yeah. They, they, she was like, yo, you get three words and it was something like cactus, something crazy words, but she had a song for it. Is that Wild Juanita's Cactus Juice? Uh, yeah. That's... I love that song. <laughs> she's so awesome. I'm a big fan. Happy for her. And she's just one of the coolest, uh, nicest, most hilarious persons. I mean, she's so great. She's yeah. Great. Like, uh, I loved meeting her because I, I was going to delete my TikTok. It just was too much. I, you know. I started reading the comments and I'm like, man, like, I don't need this. <laughs> and out of nowhere, Caitlin came in and said, oh, thank you for doing this. I wouldn't have had the exposure to certain people that you're showing. I appreciate you. And then I like Googled her a little bit more and I'm like, she's on like, like Rolling Stones lists and everything. And I'm like, if I could help someone out, that's that big. And she took the time out. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to read those comments anymore. I'm going to keep on doing it. And cause I love that. It, uh, yeah, and she put a post up. She's like, I don't know why I'm crying, but just let it be known. Just be nice. You never know how it changes. So I was super excited to meet her, and then I got to meet her, and, and she's she's a sweetheart. And Cleto was there, and he was great. It was it was cool because I was like, yeah, you know, I'm here because of you. <laughs> if not, Yay, I just would have just so great. Yeah, that's so great. They're they're just wonderful, and I was. It's so crazy too, because like I looked at your TikTok and I was like, this is amazing, you know, and you're really doing a great job and all the success. And, and for, so from just somebody looking at it, you, you don't, if you're not doing a deep dive or seeing the comments or whatever. So it is such a shame that people have to ruin things with their mean comments. And I can tell you every mean comment that's ever been said to me as well. And actually my team, my TR team now, I'm like, if you, if they see anything, they, they delete it before I see it because I'll dwell on it. And then it's, it, but it, cause it's frustrating. I mean, you're a musician too. So people tell us all the time to have thick skin, but we write songs and we perform like we're artists. Like we don't have, we have to have thin skin to be able to write songs. And so it's kind of a contradictory thing. You have to be vulnerable, but at the same time, this, I have to not let anything bother me. It's, it's a really tough thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely a dichotomy because you know it's like they're just words, but people say that I'm like, yeah, but I'm I'm saying it ten thousand times. <laughs> yeah, like right. The you, you're never always going to be in a great mood, and you're going to be down for some reason, and you're just going to be like, 
Come on. <laughs> and like, I know. I'm sorry. I It's so strange. And then I think people say, have started saying weirder things to me in person. I think it's social media is making people more brave, even in human interactions now, like things that I would don't feel like I would ever uh, hear. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Like, I, I, I saw someone was trying to get your attention by calling you a dumbass. Like what? Oh yeah. I'm like, that is just ridiculous. <laughs> Super weird. And then I, I let my hair grow out during COVID cause we couldn't get it done anyway. And turns out I'm not a natural blonde. I, <laughs> my hair is brunette and people were just debating my hair color right in front of my face. Like it was the presidential election. Like it got very heated and, and I was standing there at my merch table, like watching this, go down and it was it was almost like I was watching some online comment debate and it was I'm right here and I'm a human and yeah. I don't know my Paul doesn't really do a lot of social media and I think that that's kind of the blissful way and and more and more people are deleting their stuff because it, it is it takes an emotional toll and I it can be used for so much good but then the, the negative side of it was bad yeah that's funny <laughs> My my mom dyed her hair every two weeks, uh, blonde. So <laughs> I know yeah, when right. she, yeah, my my mom owned a hair salon for years, and it's just people are like, what, you know? Oh, you have roots. It's like, like who cares? Leave her alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, and not allowed. You you have to age. I mean, finally, we talked about this the other day. I think that finally Nashville is kind of okay with you don't have to be sixteen and the latest winner of the voice to get a record deal or something. It's okay. If you're not, when I was super young, I didn't even know who I was or what kind of songs I wanted to write or sing. And some people do, but I think for the most part, we kind of have to grow up a little bit before we can know who we are as artists. And it's okay to not be like very, very young anymore. Like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm 35 and that's fine. And that should be fine. And it shouldn't be, have to be a conversation all the time. And it has, it's been, it's been a lot better recently. Yeah. That's good. Cause like, I don't know. It's like, I, I get what you're saying. Like it, you're a kid at 16 and, and, and that whole, like whole, uh, you know, the voice and everything. They win, but they, they have no, for the most part, they have no idea how the industry is and like what it entails. It's not like you win this contest and now, you know, you're going to sell a million records. I mean, you may, but, you know, especially, I, I don't know how their contracts are, but to find out like what you can, what you can't do, that record deal, if you do get the record deal, you got to pay that money back. <laughs> right. Then, I can tell you exactly how that contract uh, looks. I went on, I made up to the blind auditions and then you, you go in there all together and they have a lawyer explain the contract. And it's not like you get to edit anything. You all find the same one. And it's, it's really bizarre to me because just like you said, they don't know how it's going to be being a musician. I've been on the road for a long time. So it's super weird to me. They'll send out, a girl who's never been on the road and then in two weeks she wants to come home and she hates it. Well, of course, because it's not for everybody and it's a really tough lifestyle. So to me, sometimes I'm like, why wouldn't they give me a, a record deal? I've already like road tested. I've been out there <laughs> and I love it. But um, sometimes those shows 
like the person who won my year, I, I haven't heard anything about them since. So I don't, I don't know if it's really churning out stars like they want it to. Yeah. But, and also like a lot of those deals, like you end up not owning your music anymore. And Oh yeah. No. Yeah. And Definitely it, not. Yeah, and then like you always, even like big names, they have to like spend a lot of money to buy their own music, and you can buy other people's music. Like <laughs> that blew my mind when like Eminem made fun of Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson bought his entire catalog, so the song he was making fun of Michael Jackson, he was getting money for it. Like I, right. you know what I mean? Like you, it's just crazy to me. Like you can buy someone's entire catalog, and and especially like Motley Crue, they had to go and buy their stuff back. You have to fight for your own uh, material. Not a lot of people know that. Cause it, yeah, it's really strange because it's also, it's it's like I had a publishing deal with Sony, so they own half of my publishing for the rest of my life, probably, unless I have a giant hit and somehow pay off what I owe them. But they also bought all of the music that I made before that, which is called Schedule A, so they own they own all of my music up until 2015 or something, and and then when you're dividing what we make now because of streaming, it's already just being divided and divided and divided, and so it's just pennies. That's why we all have to tour so much. But I mean, I'm glad I, I love to tour, but we don't really have we're not really making the money that we used to at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it is. And it's like when people, you tell people this, they're like, what? You know, that's yeah. why, I, like, why I always tell people, buy the merch. The merch is nine times out of 10 from the band, it's, it's all going to them. And I was like, you know, streaming helps, but streaming, especially if there's like songwriters involved or publishing, a lot of money goes to them. And whoever's registered on BMI, it, it just gets divvied out and, because I know, like when I was on tour, the merch, T-shirts, oh God, I would raffle everything. Anything somebody was throwing out that had any, like where I could put Sharpie signatures on, I you know, 10 for the length of your arm raffle tickets. You want an old drum head that broke. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, wow. Like, and another way to make money is... Have a number, have a, a, a song series, go get a $99 Epiphone guitar, write the verse, first verse, sign it, write the chorus, sign it, and just have like a song series. And that seemed to do well. And just number it and never do it again to try to get some uh, draw on it for more more money. Yeah, that's, that's, I love, I love all of those things. I will be, I will do, I'm constantly just thinking of, you know, we all did the handwritten lyrics for a little while and I have like a love song. So I put up for Valentine's Day and got quite a few orders and then mini versions of those. And, and we have the, we have guitars in my face on it, but I don't have ones with the lyrics on it. That's really good. I should definitely do that. And then we just started a Patreon or started a Patreon about a year ago. And that has been incredible. And I just put up my work tapes once every two weeks of the songs that I'm writing. So it's kind of unreleased raw material. And that's been also really a dream. And the people that want kind of the access to exclusive content that they can't find anywhere else, that's, that's also on Patreon or like they get pre-show meet and greets, which is 
I guess, valuable because we've, we kind of stopped doing all that stuff because of COVID. So now we're bringing it back, but making it more exclusive, I guess. Yeah. Maybe should have been doing that all along. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I went on your website. I loved how it said, uh, like, Bremail the, with the parentheses. I thought that was really clever. <laughs> Thanks. My friends, my friends in my band are probably annoyed by that by now because everything <laughs> is uh, Kyle Park nicknames me Brionce. So Brionce. I have that. That's my, my Texas country nickname, I think. But um, I put my name in every, every song that ends with me. I'll change it to Bri and it's, it's probably too much, but <laughs> thanks for noticing that. Brionce. I like, I've, uh, I would say uh, Brilina, like Selena. Oh, oh, thank you. That's even better. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to officially change my, my nickname now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that, that would have been my guess. But uh, Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, now we do two Selena songs, and we're about to add a third, I think. I just, I can't help it. I love it so much, and <laughs> people, I love it so much. People down here in Texas really appreciate it and, and sing along, and it's probably like our biggest, applause of the night but and then we forget we kind of went up to up north on a big run up north and they looked a little confused in nebraska but (laughs) that's okay so your main guitar is that the one you call uh rebecca uh yes and that is hanging on my wall the martin hd 28 because i played a show with willie nelson and he signed it so It's retired and it's my favorite guitar and I'm having trouble finding one that feels like that one and sounds like that one. It was just everyone that played that guitar was like, this guitar sounds amazing. It feels amazing. It was just, it was perfect. So I'm, uh, Martin has been amazing. And so I'm kind of trying out a couple right now that I like. So I'll have another one, but that will always be my baby. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't notice it was a Martin. I, I guess you're a Martin artist. Yes, I am. Um, what's your favorite guitar? I would like to know that. Uh, acoustic? Mm. Or electric? Uh, electric? I've been preferring uh, the Fender. I like the uh, the radius on their necks. Cool. Mm-hmm. My, my, stage set, <laughs> my stage guitar is it's, uh, Jim Root, the uh, custom Fender at Jazzmaster, and a regular uh, Fender. They have humbuckers, but they're yeah. Fenders, mm-hmm. so... They can kind of go Jimi Hendrix to. Th- I'm, the, I'm currently I'm the only guitar player in the one band, so a Telecaster's too thin, right? But he do- he is country, and we always have the problem because that's how like the TikTok the TikTok started. I I did a show with Brian Martin, and they gave me a list, and I I was reading, and I was like, you didn't give me the artist, and I said, who sings Troubadour? And he goes, George Strait. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And they were like, Oh my gosh. I they were it. like, What? And I was like, Yeah. And they're like, and he was like, You're playing guitar for me in less than eight hours. You don't know who George Strait is. And I was like, <laughs> I tried telling you. <laughs> I just said, I love it. Steve warns me. But um <laughs> he said you're getting a lot better. He said he's getting, he's really learning. Um, but that's okay because I can't tell you a lot about metal. Like we can tell each other cool things and then you know, I kind of prefer not to know something. And then you talk to, you talk to an expert and then you can just kind of give me here, here's what you need to know, like a little skimmed version, you know? Yeah. 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 Just get right to the meat and potatoes. 
Yeah. Get ready to George Strait. That is, that's the one. That's the king. <laughs> yeah. And I, I got a lot of, a lot of like, would he live under a rock? And then I did his, uh, uh, it, where he sings in Spanish and people are like, oh my God, I never heard this. And I was like, you just literally made fun of me for not hearing these songs. And here you are. I was like, <laughs> it, it happens. And yeah, totally. Right. It's the king, but it's Spanish. What is, uh, oh don't God. worry about it too much. Yeah. There's only, you know what? We only have so many hours in the day. Yeah. So. But I, it's funny, like, I started it to, like, make fun of country, and then someone was like, you just never heard the good stuff. And now, like, like I love it. I, I drove seven hours to see uh, uh, Taylor Honeycutt, and they were great. And I loved how she says, she started, she's like, y'all know who Adam Hood is? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I met do him. Know I do. <laughs> I met him. And she told the story. She was like, yeah, we called up Adam Hood and said, how do we get a song uh, written by you and she said all he said was you just have to ask oh he's the greatest yeah he I just saw he played the Opry that's that's awesome I know a bunch of my girlfriends went and of course it was on Saturday so I was I couldn't go but a lot of my girlfriends went which is cool too because there's all these Texas artists that are now debuting at the Opry and headlining and, and Caitlin did it and um, a lot of people from Texas will fly there to support them and so i think the opry's like hey this is pretty cool and so they keep adding you know texas artists to it and it's so fun it's so fun to watch yeah it's i have a lot of people they'll ask me they'll be like hey we want to get in the the texas music scene how do we do it and i'm like they have to accept you like <laughs> I, i'm like especially with like the red dirt and everything i was like american aquariums from north carolina but they're they're accepted because you know they they sing true songs. I I said it's it's all about your art. I said, but they they definitely have to. You can't you can't be phony is what I've from what I've gotten. Yeah, I think well, there's been some interesting things that have happened because a lot. I'm gonna I'm not gonna say who, but they kind of did there was a few people who they just were trying to get experience They're Nashville people. And they're like, Oh, well, we'll just send them to Texas, do the Texas thing. And they'll just go play these venues and it'll be great. And they'll get experience and they'll make money and they'll, you know, whatever. And it, and then one of the guys, one of the managers was like, Hey, I want to commend you for what you've been doing for 15 years. We just thought we were going to come down here and just make it work. And it's, it's not that easy. It's kind of, you kind of got to cut your teeth on a bunch of different venues and you have to have radio promoters and you kind of, and and maybe even being in with another band helps a lot. Um, so I don't know, but it's not just as simple as like I'm just going to go to Texas and do the Texas thing, and it's real easy. It's it's kind of not, and it's earned a lot of respect in Nashville in, in recent years when they kind of realized they can't just like send people down here and they're just going to sell out venues and <laughs> <laughs> like not that easy. It's pretty tough, but it also is. We don't really. I don't think we discriminate or we're not mean or anything. And I, I'm from New Mexico, Reckless Kelly's at Idaho, Adam's from Alabama. So it doesn't necessarily have to be from Texas. Yeah. 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 I, I get that. That's, that's what I was, when I was talking to Taylor and she said, like, Alabama has like three venues and they're, they're finding like 
they have to travel so much farther and it's just like sounds oh, like yeah. sounds like you need to move. <laughs> yeah. Right. There is plenty of spaces. Land here is incredibly pre- like it's been just blowing up. But yeah, there's always room, especially for a female. If this is I'm like, get get over here. Like <laughs> get here. We need as many as we can get and we have a really great sports system. So I encourage it. Yeah. I she, she was she was really good. That was a great show. Dang. Well, great. I'll reach out to her. Maybe yeah. we can be friends. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's uh find, finding like her and, and it just cuz I I didn't have a lot of female artists that I I listened to on like the heavier side. So, mm-hmm. and like you just there's just certain things that the the female voice can do that a man's voice cannot. And yeah, I think it's apples and oranges. So yeah. that's why you have to have both. Yeah. And I love the Southern accent and to hear it like being sung is even like, to me, just, I, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. My, my best friend, her name is Sarah Hobbs, but she, she's an artist and she's from East Texas. And I don't even care what her songs are about. Just hearing her sing and hearing her talk is just, it's the best. I don't have an accent um, because I'm from New Mexico, but sometimes I'll sing with an accent. And so I've kind of, in recent years, I've been working on singing more like I talk, but then when I dive into it, it's, oh, well, I grew up singing with all of these people that had accents. They were all my inspirations. And then, as soon as Miranda Lambert came out, I was like, oh, well, I, that, that's what I want to do. And I loved her so much and just sang her record until I wore it out. And so starting to kind of mimic the the accent a little bit more than is <laughs> true to me. So, and I think on my last record, I, I don't really, it, it really sounds more like my authentic voice, but you are a product of your influences and that's okay. I don't hate my earlier records or anything, but you do kind of realize that, oh, I'm, I was going through my Reba phase or whatever, and then or going through my Miranda phase, and it kind of influenced the way that I sang a little bit. Yeah. It, and even if you don't know you're doing it, it, you'll probably just naturally do it. Oh, totally. Yes. And I was, I did a 90s country, I have a 90s country cover band that I do, and I, I sang some Terry Clark, and she was, she rhymes, you know, um, Rain with guitar strings. It's like, you know, rain and strings definitely don't rhyme, but they do in a lot of country songs. <laughs> yeah, especially when you put like, the drawl on it, I guess you would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> strings. Yeah, exactly. And it's two syllables. My friend Sarah can take any word and make it 14 syllables just because <laughs> the way she pronounces it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I was also reading your first band was with your brothers, right? And they're twins. They are. They're identical twins, and they're seven years older than me. So you can imagine how my upbringing was. It was. <laughs> I grew up uh, with a lot of Nintendo and Legos and sports. Yeah. Now so you, you said they're identical. Yes, they are. So they are. They still they look more alike than ever and they're in their forties. They look exactly <laughs> like it's crazy. That I, I was in a band with identical twins and instead of calling it the shining, I called it the the twinning. It, oh, yeah. they, like do you have like any story like 
they, they, the twins I was with, they tried to be like aggressively independent from each other, but at the same time, they would try to be so different and they always ended up the same. And they just, it's just like a bond. I'd be like, can you wake your brother up, pinch your arm so he can feel it and wake up? <laughs> oh yeah. There's They've something been telepathic. Things like that my whole life. It's crazy. Or they would come in. I remember like the first one that comes to mind was we had alfalfa. Um, so we were, they, I would drive the truck and they would throw the hay bales onto the back of the trailer. And then one of them came in and, and, you know, took like, Immediately, we all had allergies, so they just—he just like was taking off his shirt and he threw it down, and he was like, "It's hot as hell out there." And then he walked in, and the other guy kind of did the same thing: "It's hot as hell out there." <laughs> like they would say the exact same sentences, or or they'll like text me at the same time. But they they had fun with it. Like they were so funny growing up because I remember sitting in the car while my mom went into the grocery store or something, and she would come out and they would switch uh, their shirts, but not places <laughs> in the car, and she was just couldn't figure, you know, something's weird, but you can't tell what it is. And, um, sometimes I know that one time they went to each other's classes in high school, they kind of just would pull little, little pranks here and there, but, uh, they're both great musicians and singers and, oh, oh, sorry. That was really loud. And they played sports and one of them, they're very different. One of them has a race car and, and is kind of crazy. And the other one's just, He's he's a little more straight laced or something, but but in every other way they are exactly the same. That's funny. It's yeah. I've spent a lot of time around identical twin, and it's there's just it's like a it's it's telepathy. They have like a bond, and they'll 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 the ones I they, they will deny it and just show you and just prove you right every time. It's, oh yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> and then my brother had twin identical twin boys. <laughs> so now I have identical twin little nephews and they are hilarious. And they remind me so much of my brothers. They're just little brat, like the cutest, they're not brats, but you know, they're just the cutest kind of little mischievous, just precious. I just love them to death. Yeah. <laughs> so the cycle continues. I know. That's why I haven't had any. I might have two. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely a recessive uh, trait. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So with your music, are, do you plan on being like a career musician until, until you can't do it? Or you can like, like, like baseball that uh, you're a player, become a manager, then you become an earner. Do you have like a transition? Like where maybe you'll, you'll have like a, a publishing company or you'll, you'll plan stuff for artists or is it just going to be until the day you can't, get up on stage. Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm a lifer. I don't want to do anything else. I really can't. Uh, it's not to say that Paul and I have a lot of plans for maybe owning another business or real estate or, you know, to do, to branch out. He has three rent houses. So it's not, it's a lot more exciting to me to not rely on music as, uh, the only source of income, especially after COVID, we're both musicians and then we both all of a sudden couldn't work. So that's a little terrifying. So I have a lot of things. I've always wanted to write a book. I've always wanted, you know, I don't know. I'd love to act. I'd love to host. And we've been kind of talking about maybe hosting some TV show type of stuff. So definitely into branching out, but 
the, the dream would be really for down the road for Paul and I to travel around and play shows together in theaters and listening rooms. I mean, that would be, that would be amazing to just be able to do that until we can't anymore. Yeah. I like, I like that. Now, yeah. You, uh, you wrote a, a children's book, right? Was that ever published or? No. So that's very funny. Cause my dad called me and he's like, where, where is this book? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I need an illustrator. And I, I'm kind of looking for the right one. And, um, I just put out that record, which was so expensive and such a giant project. So the book kind of illustrators, if you want a good one are, are not cheap. So it kind of got pushed down the to list a little bit until I figure out who I want to work with and, and, and pay for that. So that's really what I'm waiting on, but it's already done. Yeah. It's written. And I'd like to do more of that. I'd love, I'd love to do an acoustic album, Paul and I have even talked about doing like a Texas country, like, like lullaby kind of children's album. I mean, we just have all these ideas. It really is just, um, I, I really need more time and a whole lot more money to get all those things done. Yeah. It's yeah. studio. We're times. working on that too. Yeah. <laughs> How about the other book you were talking about of, uh, writing about, it's about music, but the things you did wrong that you could write about how not to do that. Did you ever right. get around to that? Yeah. I mean, I, well, ish. I kind of write a little bit every day consistently and I have definitely a lot of pages of that written and a lot of the topics uh, that I haven't written about, but I have an ongoing list, but I, I bet you what, with what I've been writing in the last few years, I have, probably enough and just need to maybe start gathering and editing. But I think sometimes, I mean, especially with social media, the things that I end up saying to other artists, like younger females, especially, they will be crying and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you told me this. And it was, it's something as simple as, Hey, everybody, nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows in this music business, especially as independent artists, like none of us know what we're doing. We're all kind of guessing and there's maybe comfort in you knowing that it's also hard for me. And I'm navigating, but like I'm having trouble navigating. I'm having trouble adapting and it's hard for me too. And that's okay. Like it's okay for it to be hard. And there's so much smoke and mirrors when it comes to social media and you're only posting the highlights. And so sometimes I forget like a girl said, putting out a record was the hardest thing she's ever done. And I made it look so easy. And I was a little like disappointed in myself for not communicating to the world or that like, Hey, this was really hard. And it, and it was. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely not easy or everybody would do it. And you, yeah. you, you definitely need, you need to have like the entrepreneurial spirit as well, because you always have to, like I know, I know you have a marketing degree. You have to market yourself at 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 any any at, at any any moment. Anybody that hands you a card, that could be somebody big. I learned that right off the bat. Like, don't take that card and just put it in your pocket. And forget about it. And you look at it, and it's like, oh, that's somebody. And a lot of people come up to you, talk to you, and they when they talk about hosting you at a at a place, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know, there's, you'll have. 20 people tell you and it's all smoke and then you'll you'll ignore the one where people are like do you know who that was and you're like oh man but there there's like I know there's just a lot of stuff it 
it, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because especially like when you're on the road, like like you said, you're independent and not a lot of people know. Like when you're towing trailers and stuff, you're going over bridges. You need like seventy dollars for tolls, and you're still. You know, especially when your band's full time, you got to make sure they're paid and something might happen or you get a, a show that's double booked. You, you drove all the way out here and it's just, there's a lot of, a lot of like getting kicked in the teeth, but a lot, but the, the good overcomes that all the time, especially when you are doing what you love and it doesn't feel like a job. I right. Exactly. It's just, there's not that much left at the end of the day when, with all the expenses and I'm doing my taxes kind of right now, slowly. <laughs> um, and I, I, I know already that I spent over $20,000 last year fixing my van. That's just, that's just one thing. That's just repairing our van van. That's not anything else. And so yeah. when you start to factor in all of those things and, and you're spending um, 15,000 a year on diesel and you're spending, and then I'm going to get new, all new trailer tires this week because my trailer tires are worn down. So it's, it's kind of when people, when you tell people how much you charge for a show and they're like, Oh my gosh. It's like, well, I also pay for my own health insurance and have no benefits. And it's like, I want to get my teeth clean, but, but this, this things that if you had a, a salary job that people don't think of, yeah. Oh, it definitely, it's definitely a hustle too. Like, like with the, the T thing, I, for me, if, if I didn't have insurance, I'd go to Penn dental and they have the students that'll, they'll do your teeth for free as, right. as like their classwork. And there's just like stuff that normal people don't have to do that a musician has to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> it, it, People be like, you have to do what? It's like, yeah, that's like, uh, if you get sick, I, one band member, I don't have, I don't have insurance, but I need antibiotics. And I'd always tell them, I said, well, go to the fish store and get fish mocks. It's a moxicillin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's a trick. I didn't know. We, we it's, take cruises. Um, we do a, like a country music cruise. Every year, and we stop in Mexico, and I kind of stock up on this oh, stuff yeah. there. Oh, the pharmacies. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, it is, you're constantly, I mean, what I feel like the music business is, and what it has been for me for, I've been doing this over 10 years full time. It has always been just figuring it out and making it work. And that that's how it is when it comes to everything. Like right now, um, I was talking to my Ford guy, and he he said, I just went ahead and ordered you a new van because that, that one, it's just, it's, I think it's just, I just need to get a new one for a minute. And I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be ready in five months and I'm going to have to find a way to make that work and be able to pay this one off and sell it and buy this new one. And, and I will, like, I just, I have no, there's no doubt in my mind that I will, I will figure that out. And, and it's, it's just, you kind of have to be okay with things being hard for a long time. (laughs) I mean, Every week there's a new challenge and it's a different challenge and it's a challenge that there's not a clear answer to. Yeah. That's, that's like when people, when they're totally against universal healthcare, I'm like, I can't, I feel some type of way about it. Cause you think how many people don't have the courage to do what you're doing because they're scared of getting sick. I'm like, like how many incredible artists could there have been, but you know, Cause I know like the reason why I didn't become full-time musician. Cause I was like, I know like within the first two weeks, 
my appendix is going to like explode or something. Like, <laughs> it, right. Or you have a family, you know, a lot of guys I know that are incredible and they're like, I have a, a, a wife and we want to have a kid and I'm going to quit music because I can't sustain that and the, having a baby, how expensive that is and stuff. If I don't have, you know, quote unquote normal job, it's, it's really crazy. I do want to say when I lived in Austin, they had a program there called ham and they just asked, you didn't have to, but they just asked if you played one show for them a year, which I always did. And they gave, they paid your health insurance and they gave you, I think it was like up to $600 in dental and like free mental health counseling. It was really amazing. And you just had to be a full-time musician living in, in Austin. And I just wish that there was more things like that. And it looks, it kind of feels like people are starting to start more programs like that because there's, it's, it's really a crazy, it's so hard to describe, but when you're spending, you know, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 on a record and you know, there's just nothing. And then there's just nothing left and yeah. we're not. And now with Spotify, you know, unless you have a, a big streaming hit is, and which is really hard to do. And there's all these algorithms and it's so complicated and it's always changing. So our income from, from the actual music is, is we, I just don't even count on it. It's kind of like it comes in every month, but I'm, it's not my source of income, which is insane to think that the song, like what I do is I am a songwriter, but the actual song, unless it maybe gets on Yellowstone or something really crazy is not going to be what pays my bills. Yeah. It, yeah. And like, like BMI, they only pay out in quarters. I, yeah. when I learned that, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah. I, I want my I've money. been doing BMI Live, which is pretty cool. I don't know if people if people don't know about that, they should definitely take advantage of BMI Live. You can enter your set list and enter the venue, and you can get paid for performing your own songs, which is pretty cool. I mean, to me, it all adds up. I get money wherever I can, so that that's yeah. a pretty neat tool. Yeah, I, I that's that's funny you said that because I was looking at when the payouts were on BMI, and I'm like, what, what's BMI Live? Because that website is not it's. I had like I'm not super tech savvy, but I, I needed someone to sit me down and like really teach me, especially with like the percentages of songwriter, and publisher. I'm just like, what do you, has that up to two hundred percent? What is you know like right? Everything adds up to two hundred percent. It's super crazy, but I feel really spoiled because they just opened a BMI Texas office. And they're incredibly accessible and I can just kind of like call them and say, can you help me with this? And they can, like, you can just pick up the phone and talk to them. And I I know I hope they open more branches because when I was in Nashville, it was like, I went, I was going there, but I didn't know who my rep was or whatever. And then now, I mean, they, they're really making an effort, I think, to be accessible and help artists. Like I can really, I can pick up the phone right now and call my, the B, the head of BMI Texas. I can call him right now and he would probably answer. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I can also, I mean, I've, I thought I've thought about doing that on TikTok or something, kind of like explaining how percentages work. Cause I finally figured it out. I think, I don't know, maybe I definitely watch it. <laughs> okay. I love that. Maybe that'll inspire me to do it. Yeah, I, the one video I, I love of yours was your uh, your uh, aerobic video, like and oh, run away <laughs> <laughs> or back away. Run, I couldn't stop. Laughing. Yeah. Oh well, my my PR lady, she texts me and she goes, "Oh my gosh, you need to make more of those videos." And I'm like, "Uh, like," and she's she is very. I can't 
I don't know. I think I have to think up on an idea for a long time. So I kind of had that idea in my head for about a week. And then I finally make the video and then everyone's like, we want more. It's like, wait, can you just be happy with this one video for just a second? Oh, they're never um, happy. Yeah. We're trying to be, now we have to be comedians and songwriters and video producers. And, uh, it can be a lot. Oh yeah. And I, I was amazed. Uh, somebody shared a, uh, a venue, uh, advertisement for their show and it had their numbers for their socials. And I'm like, Oh my God, that just adds so much more stress. Especially if, you know, like some of the, the people out around here, they're like from Appalachia. They don't, they don't want to have a phone. Like they have a phone to talk, not to text and make videos and be engaging. They just want to sit down and they want to write, they want to play, but that's not what is like doing it right now. I couldn't believe when it said uh, three, 3.5 million Spotify followers. Uh, yeah. This many. And I'm like, Oh man, I, I couldn't imagine like, Doing doing the TikToks and because you really have to, especially if you're filming by yourself, it, it's it's another job. It's a learning curve. It's hard, and they don't want yeah. one video. They want to ooh like your aerobic. That was good. Where's the series? Where's the playlist? Right. <laughs> right. And it's, it's right. So and right. Does that ever turn into a dollar for me? Also, is it or what if I made ten of those videos? Does that mean I'm going to sell more tickets to my shows? Maybe. So you do it because you're, there's a chance that it will help that, but it, it's so hard because every day it's like, where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? And if it's, if, if, if it's guaranteed that TikTok would turn into how I could pay my rent, maybe I would spend more time with it, but I don't know. I get some laughs and a bunch of shares and then I, I'm never sure if it's going to translate. And it's a lot of work for me to not know if it's ever going to be monetized. Yeah, I I saw a great video on TikTok the other day, and he was explaining the difference between like YouTube and Instagram and Reels and TikTok. And he and he he put it in a very good way. He's like TikTok is like a business card because when you do hit on TikTok, it it's sending it to people that don't know you, so they're being introduced to you by that video that hits. They may not know, you know, Brie Bagwell, the singer songwriter. They just may know you as you know, that video. And right. if they follow you, you know, they may, they may enjoy your music or they may want something else. And I never really thought of it like that because like, if you do go viral, you'll get a bunch of followers, but what are they, if they're, if they're not following you for that, it's like, why? That's why I'd never really deviate it from what I do. Every once in a while, I'll put a picture or a video of my dog or me playing guitar but my thing is I want them to, you know, find out like, Hey, maybe I do love country music. I just haven't heard the good stuff. That's why I rarely deviate. And the way he put it, I was like, that's kind of like what I was thinking. Cause every time someone follows me and I do it, it I, I just do the same thing. So they're there for that. Right. And I, I love that. Yeah. I kind of have, some ideas of maybe some past I want to like really go down and explore for a minute. Like, is this, is this going to be my, my thing or am I funny or am I, but whenever I post um, a video of me singing and playing, it gets less views than if I'm doing a dumb aerobics thing by like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> by a lot. So then, and then you start to get in your head about it. It's like, well, does no one want to watch me sing? It's like, and then you're kind of doubting and then 
if something gets a lot of views and something else doesn't get a lot of views and it doesn't make sense and you're kind of up at night analyzing why this hit and this didn't and and it's it's it is a whole other thing and sometimes we can all get maybe too much in our heads about yeah, it especially like i'm a numbers person like i'm i'm not hugely competitive but i am when there's a score it's just like I'm very big on numbers, and if I don't see the numbers I want, it's I, I get frustrated. I I don't know what yeah. it is. I wasn't, you know, I didn't like playing sports, but I did. But you know, I, I wasn't playing just to be like, ah, we lost, cool. No, I want to, you know. <laughs> it's just, right, right. I'm here to win. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some some people will be like, well, that's kind of a character flaw. I'm like, well, I don't care. You know, I didn't make that video to not be seen. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it feels a little disappointing when your time investment isn't rewarded properly or by your standards or whatever. And same with the record. It's, 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 I really want people to hear my record. And so I'm trying to figure out the best way to convert an aerobics video to, to if you like this, <laughs> to listen to my, to my record. Yeah. And, yeah. and there, there definitely is a way to do that. Like mile zero, uh, I was watching uh, Courtney Patton and she is hilarious the way she's so funny. Yeah. And I was like, I had heard that, but like, I didn't expect it to be so like it, it she could definitely be a stand-up comedian. Like, oh, a hundred percent. I can't even be around her without, I mean, it, the first time I even met her years ago, I was rolling. I, I can't even repeat what she says because it was so <laughs> vulgar, but it was like, <laughs> it was so funny. And, and she always is. She's the, she's the life of the party. She's so hilarious. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was, you know, like she doesn't really have a lot, a lot online like that I could find that, that shows that. But like when I went on like your TikTok, cause I don't know who I'm talking to. And I did see those videos and I was like, Oh, she seems fun. It took the edge off of, because I never know if, you know, someone's going to call and be like, all right, this is what you're going to ask me, blah, 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 blah. But so far, no one's done that. But you never know. Right. Well, that, well, that, just you saying that makes me feel very happy that I spent that time making those <laughs> videos because uh, that's sometimes all you need is like that little bit of boost to keep going. Like now I'm motivated to kind of maybe make some more for that reason. So thank you. Yeah, there you go. Cause like at mile zero, I, there was only two people that I, I didn't meet that I wanted to meet. And that was, uh, you and, uh, Sonny Sweeney. Oh, I can't talk about Sonny Sweeney. I love her. So I love her too much. We would just, we would be talking until, uh, <laughs> next Tuesday. Cause she is, she just called me the other day just to, to check on me. Cause she saw something about how I hadn't been sleeping. I kind of just posted a story and she just, she's She's such an inspiration to us because she's really doing it and has been, and she's just doing such a great job, but she's also kind of the first one that really, one of the first ones that did it. And she's kind of like this motherly figure, but I mean, she's not like she's a lot older than us or anything, but she, she kind of takes care of the rest of us. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah. She's so great. Yeah. I, and I, she's also like fierce. Like she's, <laughs> <laughs> she don't mess around. It's funny. Yeah, I, I did see, I, I went on your, your Twitter too, and I, I did see a couple of tweets like that. And But the one tweet that made me laugh was uh, you were saying like, 
how do y'all girls pack for two weeks to go to Vegas? <laughs> when, yeah, no way. <laughs> it's I, I, my girlfriend. Well, she's an ex girlfriend now, but we went to Vegas and her bag was 94 pounds. I paid more money to fly that bag than I did us. I was right. like, right, exactly. What are you doing? Yeah. And that's like the boys, you know, the, you go to Vegas, it's the fringe and the hats and the makeup and the curling irons and the, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it is a lot. Every girl looks like a million bucks there. And I was like, how did they get all their stuff here? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand this. And I was only in Vegas for, um, I played a party for Huey. And, um, so I, they flew me in, I flew in and then the next morning I flew out. So I was only there for 24 hours, which is safe Safest for me and safest for uh, my liver and everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. in your bank account. Yeah, my bank account. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Once, once those lights and that every, all the all the sounds, it, it's intoxicating. It's just, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, and I lo- I love to play blackjack. And I told my band, like my guitar player was with me, and he's <laughs> never been. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna play blackjack. It's gonna be awesome. And I sat down. And I didn't realize that we were at like kind of a higher dollar table and like one hand and we, it was gone. And he was like, well, that sucks. And I was like, that's not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> Sorry. You'll get it back. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, whoops. I, I love, but we were, we were, I think we were at the win. So I don't, whenever I like to gamble, we go, we go to the other part of town. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I get very, very addicted to things, and well, at least you know that about yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, especially that's, when it's that's like, okay. We're musicians. We do that. We do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I can't. I never. I always joke that, um, because you know, I I'm addicted to diet coke. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I never did any drugs or anything because if I can't quit diet coke, like I don't need to try anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's <funny>. dangerous <laughs> how, how, how many diet cokes a day well i think i'm down to one so oh yeah but i that's also in addition to a ton of coffee so it's probably a caffeine thing more than a diet coke thing maybe uh, so what did you replace it with something else um Instead of well, 10, 10, 10 uh, Diet Cokes, now it's... Yeah, I'm like Diet Coke on the road. It's like Diet Coke and sunflower seeds. And then people found that out. And like everywhere I go, people are bringing me sunflower seeds now. So Are, are they I, the pickle I, kind? I, I should have told everybody on Twitter that my addiction was like money or something. Yeah. <laughs> something that I could get that I would really... Oh, yeah. Thank you. But I, I have I have so many sunflower seeds in my house. It's, it's, really? It looks very strange. Yeah. yeah. At least, at least they don't throw them at you, like like uh, Foo Fighters. They, that one song where they had the Mentos, and people ended up throwing Mentos at them during during when they sang it at concerts. Oh so my god! They stopped That's playing right. it. So at least they're handing you like gingerly in bags. <laughs> oh, totally! And they give like my dog gets a bunch of treats and clothes, and I mean, people bring my dog cowboy hats and so she <laughs> she's really benefiting from this more than anybody <laughs> yeah that's great it's uh whiskey right yeah she's the best she's um chihuahua mixed i 
found in the middle of the road about four years ago. And she goes on stage and she planes, trains, automobiles, and she's, she's just the light of my life. That's awesome. <laughs> my boyfriend just looked at me like, what the hell? She's <laughs> 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 one of the lights of my life. How about that? <laughs> well, at least yeah. when you, you call her, she either comes or you get a drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, right. Exactly. I know. My favorite thing. I named after right. one of my favorite things. <laughs> Whiskey. All right. Hold on one second. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of didn't think it through, um, but Paul has a, a daughter. She's six now, but she was three when she first started coming around. So she would, you know, go to school and be like, I love whiskey. And like, oh no, wait. And then, <laughs> I, we should have named her. I should have named her Dolly or something. <laughs> That's funny. My friend's mom named her dog Taxi because she always loved in the movies people hailing a taxi in New York City. So every time she like Taxi and do the whistle. Oh my god! Okay, that is I've never heard that. If I get another dog, well, I don't know. I really feel like uh, my friend Jody Booth. He told me if I get another dog, I. I have to name it you so I could have whiskey and you and that's, you know, but that's a big country song. So you might not know why that, that one's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's so many songs about whiskey. <laughs> I right. I have one. I, I don't, I, I feel like in Texas, you kind of like, I have a song about beer and a song about whiskey and a song about boots. And I feel like we all do. We kind of like have the, the checklist of, of Texas country songs, you know, but I thought, Whenever I started, you know, I had to like be the fun. There's not a lot of females on festivals, so I have to be able to kind of hold my own when it comes to beer drinking party songs. So I wrote a couple of those, and then uh, I have a cowboy song, and then and so. But now I, I have the luxury of feeling like I can kind of write whatever I want, which is really nice. There you go. Yeah. I guess that's that's the benefit of being independent. Yeah. I mean, I've had kind of some record label stuff and some management stuff and, um, I have seen it work out for other people, but it kind of has never worked out for me. So, <laughs> um, but you can be independent and that's the beauty of it. I can write whatever I want and my producer, we can record whatever we want and there's no one, there's no one to answer to. And sometimes I, I think of things in terms of radio i don't want to have a eight minute song or something that if i love it enough to want it to be played in texas i do think about that a little bit but for the most part i'm just kind of writing whatever i want yeah and you're not contracted to be forced into doing it i i've seen a lot of that like you end up being like a like a printing press because they want they want to see songs it's just like yeah i i i i had a publishing deal, so I did get to experience at Sony what it was like to go in and have an appointment writing songs, and sometimes two in one day. And it's really crazy. And I'd never co-written a song with anybody else when I got my publishing deal. I'd never, it was, I've only, I'd only written by myself. So when I did that, like, this is, and then I grew to really admire that that's how Nashville works. Like, Nashville, they don't, in Texas, we threaten to write together a lot and we might not ever really get it done. So it was really fun to see people say, okay, we have a writing appointment at 10 a.m. and you show up. And if you don't show up, you're going to kind of get a bad rep almost immediately for 
not doing what you're you're there to do like you're there to work and so that I kind of do love I really love that about Nashville people people are there to get stuff done yeah yeah I've I've been to I've been to a couple of Nashville rights and it's just it was interesting to see like the people that do it and like it was like my buddy just with a guitar just being like he would just mouth the melody and he'd be like i got that now let's put words to it and it's like huh (laughs) the first time i was like i was like really that's interesting because he's like i like this melody like just just humming it and then he's like start throwing out some ideas and it was a bunch of us just sitting there with our notepad and then before you know it we had four songs done and he was like all right i gotta go (laughs) Wow. I love that. Yeah, that's great. I just went to Nashville and wrote a little bit. And sometimes you don't get a song. And sometimes, you, like you said, you get four songs or something. So it's you kind of never know, but you just should do it to see what happens. And and I don't know, I've written a, a bunch a bunch of great songs in Nashville and a bunch of terrible songs in Nashville. So. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever had something you've done that you totally wish you could go back and not do like a different decision where like you chose one tour over another or another opportunity over, over another. Yeah. I mean, I probably have a hundred of those. (laughs) Um, really, unfortunately, um, the first thing that comes to mind is I did, I did like pretty much every TV show and I didn't win any of them and, and kind of, I mean, maybe it was a little bit of a boost for a second, but, um, overall, I mean, I remember the one that I did in Nashville called real country. I lost that one and I paid my band for all 13 shows that I had to cancel. And then I got back and like one of them quit and I just paid him and, and I paid all my guys and and then it didn't really pay off for me financially and I burned a bridge with a couple of promoters for canceling shows last minute because I was going to go do this TV show. And, um, that one was pretty fun though. Real country was pretty fun, but I I've done three TV shows in total. And, and I just don't know if it was worth it for me financially and emotionally and the exposure, you know, yeah, I don't know if I would do that again. Okay. Yeah. I thought I, I was figuring that's what you were going to say. That like, uh, what is the point you did? CMT next superstar. Yes, and then uh, uh, The Voice, and then Real Country, but Real Country, I got to, like, hang out with Travis Tritt, and I got to hug Shania Twain, so I really kind of feel like that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just took a giant financial hit, and yeah. looking back, I, I should have just done that a little bit differently and approached it a little differently, but, yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I also kind of jumped the gun on, on a booking agency, and I... I should, sometimes it's best to just kind of wait around a little bit. I kind of got an offer and I jumped at it early on in Nashville and then I ended up getting another offer. And so I canceled the first offer and went with the second offer and I really burned a bridge. Like, I mean, I really made some people mad and I was like, I'm, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a confrontational person and it was not intentional. I just got excited and I was kind of doing things all by myself and you kind of have to tread lightly because that, that person will hate me forever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's another thing. Like relationships is almost as important as your music. Cause like you said, like you, you burn a bridge. It's, they take it like really personal and, and you don't even like intentionally mean to do it. You just be like, Oh, thanks. I, I know I said to go with that, but 
something like this came up and they're like, like what? <laughs> so, right. Right. Or, and, and you kind of don't know what you're doing. And then maybe when I signed with Sony, of course, I mean, it was Sony. It was like the, the biggest publishing company and, and the best. And, and they had all my favorite writers. And then a week after I signed with Sony or something crazy, they bought another publishing company. So they doubled in size. And, and I think my publisher had 32 writers or something crazy. And like, there was just no way that I could get the attention that I needed there. And they were, and they were just going through this transition. And, and I would have, looking back, I don't know if I would have made that same decision, but you just don't know. And then you kind of have a cheerleader in your corner and everything in Nashville switches so fast. So your cheerleader and the person who loves you and believes in you might be gone. And then there, then you're, then you don't have someone on your team. And, and that's, that has happened to so many of my friends too, who got big record deals and then their person left and they were just kind of put on the back burner or dropped or whatever. And it's, it's devastating. And it's just, timing and luck and, and money and what the, what the market's doing and, and who, who is there, you know, to, to help you. And, and it's crazy. It's really crazy. And you just never know. You might be making the best decision in your life. You might be making the worst decision in your life. And there's no way to tell. Yeah. It's definitely like, like a house of mirrors. Just yeah. put oh, your yeah. arms out and hope you find the way. Yeah, exactly. It's Exactly. It's really, it's really a frustrating industry. I mean, and also the weird thing, I think the weirdest thing about it for me was I had all these people kind of telling me what I should do and, and what kind of songs to write. And, and, and none of them were musicians. It's like the, most of the people that you work with don't play an instrument or write songs. <laughs> like, yeah. So it, it was incredibly weird. But I had a lot of help early on from um, Miranda Lambert's mom and, and best friend and her dad. Like they, they really helped me early on. So I kind of had this big jump start at the beginning of my career. So a lot of times when girls are like, how do I get a booking agent? I'm like, I don't know because my first booking agent was a guy who approached me and he was awesome. And then my second one, like Miranda's mom called and said, you should sign this girl. So it's like, I kind of got really lucky. Yeah. Well, that's good. But yeah. I, I remember the first time I went to Nashville, we were like going there to record and everyone in the band was so excited. And I remember walking down the street being like, just so depressed. And they're like, what's wrong? We're like, we're in music city. I'm like, how's this music city? And they're like, how could you be upset right now? And the thing that really bothered me is when you're looking down the street, there's all these bands playing. There's no marquees, you know, like it was right. just, and everyone was playing the same 15 songs. I was just like, yeah. For four hours. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, don't people tell like- me all the time, I, you need to move to Nashville. You need to move to Nashville. Well, I don't have um, a lot of, I don't, I didn't have any money. I mean, I was making money by playing music live in Texas. So I would have to go to Nashville, get another job and then play for four hours for tips when yeah. I could just play for two hours and 90 minutes in Texas and, and make more money. Like, why would I, why would I do that really? And it's not for, it's not for everyone, but I, I had a friend, I was riding with a girl in Nashville two weeks ago and she had a show and I was like, I'm going to go. And, and she played for four hours twice. She played for four hours during the day and then played for another four hours that night. And I was like, that's eight hours of singing. I don't even know how that was 
possible. Yeah. And she was so good. She was so funny. She knew 300 songs. And her name is Jordan Rayner. She's an incredible writer. And she came down to Texas and like sold out a venue the other night. Like she's, she's so good, but I just admired her so much because she was very good at that. And I just don't think that I'm cut out for that, or I just don't think I would enjoy it. I think it would kill my soul a little bit, but oh, yeah. um, some people do it really well. Yeah. I just, I, I, some people have made careers playing the windows and I, mm-hmm. no, thanks. It's just, yeah, it was Same. And the, the chances of, of making it like, is someone going to come in there and, and discover you? I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's always been very strange to me because it's, you're not paying this person at, at all. They're relying on tips. They can make great money down there. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. they're just playing for free cover songs for free. Yeah. That's and, and that the guy that was looking out for us. He said, he said, don't, don't play them windows. He said, yeah, I, Next thing you know, it'll be 10 years in and you're still playing the windows. He said, it, it may be cool to play for all those people, but it, they're not there for you. <laughs> you know, it's all bachelorette and just. Right. People. Right. And I'd rather be down, down here where I can go play. You, know, you can drive 12 hours and still be in Texas. There's plenty of venues down here. It's a really special scene. It's very cool. And it's very, um, that doesn't mean that everyone can do it, but if you can make it work, it's a great, it's a great life. You know, I'm not yeah. super famous. I'm not super rich, but I can pay my band and I can pay my rent and bills and we're going to build a house. And so it can be done. And if you look at the guys like, you know, the Randy Rogers or the Pat greens or whatever, who can, who are making actually like a pretty fantastic lifestyle, um, on big tour buses and, and play the gigs that they want. And they're doing so great. Like that's what, that's what I would, I would love to be the female Pat green, you know, and the female Randy Rogers. Yeah. Wade Bowen. Yeah. Yeah. it's just like, I, I love how, like you said, you can drive 12 hours and still be in Texas. And also like, it's great. You guys, like you have your own like awards, your own charts. So you're not, you guys are actually putting out like, like not like the bro country you're not getting absorbed by people that you know it to me right now like the nashville country if you can't do pop go country because that's all i hear on their side but it's nice to see you guys have your own like secluded marketplace where you guys have your own charts it's not like the pop country guys are eating all the the top 10 and just oh right I I, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that. Because- it's very cool. And the words only keep getting cooler and cooler and um, the music, you know, really good. And it can be, it can be, I mean, some of the guys are straight up rock, like they're straight rock and that's also accepted here. So it's not like Texas country has to just be country music. It can be Americana. It can be American aquarium. It can be, it can be a whole bunch of different things. And that's, that's, I love that. Yeah, that's it. Same here. That's what really drew me to it. Like to hear huge guitars on a uh, on a country because I, I I love story songs. I always loved like the old Seeger story songs. But like I was just listening to what I thought was country like on the radio and, and hated all the cliches and you know like how many songs about tractors and you know this. Oh, you're right pickup trucks it's like all right i get it all right and yeah and i think they were writing i mean the natural model is was 
I don't know, it seems to be changing songwriting wise, which is great, but it was okay. This tractor, she thinks my tractor sexy was like a giant hit. Okay. Let's all go write tractor songs. And so then you get this like influx of tractor songs because everyone's (laughs) writing what the hit is and they're kind of maybe even instructed to do that. So, um, then you end up with a bunch of things that sound similar. And so I think now there's been a lot of pushback. I mean, having, having Chris Stapleton's record traveler came out, it was completely different than anything else coming out of Nashville. And it was on a uh, number one on the, on the charts for years or something because everyone was like, Oh, thank God, you know? Yeah. And so then it kind of made, um, Oh, let's, let's maybe write. And then like the, the things that the girls are writing, like Casey Musgraves and, and Miranda and Marin Morris, like the things that they're writing are just so cool and different and not. Um, but then you still get the stuff that sounds the same and has the same chords and has the same drum loops and has the same. And somehow that is still selling and cutting through, but it's also like, I don't know. There's a lot more diversity, I think. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it definitely, because like you said, like literally a lot of the songs especially a lot of the, the ones are in like the, the top 40. It's the same song, just capo up or capo back. <laughs> it's either on two or yep. four or six. And it's just like, this is, I'm like, how, how could you play this all across the country? That's <laughs> like, exactly right. Well, I love those mashups that they do. You know, those, they put all the songs over the same chords. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, it's so perfect. And I'm glad that everyone kind of, I mean, it's, it's being like poked fun at so much now that we're even, even people that know nothing about chord structure are able to uh, kind of come to that conclusion. Like, okay, I don't think I like this anymore. Like, yeah. great. Great. Definitely. It's oh, you hear it. Cause you play guitar and it's like, this is the same song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's very interesting. One of my songs on my new record Hub Cowboy Cold, I think it has like seven chords in it as something. And um it's just kind of purposeful. It's like my producer um actually put added more chords than I even had originally, but it it's almost like, hey, this is what you can do with a country song and it's different and it sounds different. And then when a couple songs are kind of really Spanishy chord progressions that are just different and I think and the the record that was my most well-received record from Nashville and from Texas. And I think people are just your ears and your brain kind of light up when it's not the same thing anymore. Yeah. I've been, I've been meaning to listen to your, uh, it's Josephina. Yes. Uh huh. I was, uh-huh. yeah, that's a little murder ballad. Yeah. <laughs> murder, I, murder song. <laughs> I saw that and I, I don't know who you were talking to. And it said like it had, I love flamenco. I absolutely love flamenco music. Like uh, Paco de la Cia, he's like one of my favorite guitar players. And it said like, oh, Murder Ballad. And it said with the flamenco influence. And I was like, oh, I got to listen to that. Yes, it's one of my favorites. I think we might put it out um, to radio next. But it's it's really sad because the guy that recorded that flamenco guitar, he was out of L.A. He's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I never got to meet him. But he passed away kind of right after my record came out. And it was like, you know, I'm so bummed because it was just such a beautiful and and now i have a guy in my band that can can play that guitar part and it's just it's so fun it's it's a very fun song and it's actually funny because they said of course 
a female writes a, a song about killing a man or something, but Paul wrote the verse. So Paul or the bridge. So Paul actually ended up killing the guy in the song. It was not me. <laughs> he did it. Sorry. We're walking. And there's uh of course there's a loud beeping noise in the back. So do you, do you, do you prefer murder ballads? Cause I, I know you like your, uh, your true crime TV. <laughs> I love true crime. It's so funny because I'm so jumpy and I'm so paranoid and Paul will laugh because he'll like walk behind me and I'll jump in the, in the laundry room or something. And he's like, I live here. I'm like, I know, but I'm listening to my, <laughs> my true crime podcast. And, um, and it's, I, I don't know. I, I love it. And so maybe there, maybe there's some of that influence in there. Maybe. Yeah. That's my mom always threatens my dad. She's like, don't mess with me. I know how to get rid of you. Cause she watches the same thing. <laughs> she, she, she listens to it cause it makes her fall asleep. I'm like, what a terrible thing to go to. Sleep. <laughs> you are crazy. No, I, I, I know. I, I listen to it when I drive and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with her. I don't know. The fascination around true crime lately has been, Really cool to watch because you feel a little bit crazy that you're fascinated by murder until you realize everybody is. Yeah, yeah. I love the term uh, uh, murderbilia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's very funny. Yeah. Do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> Do I? <no. laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, that was like uh, corn was torn and they had the murderbilia uh, museum type thing where they had like, there are museum like they have like ted bundy's volkswagen bug and and it's apparently people are drawn to, drawn to see it um right yeah i don't know about that that's a little <laughs> too close to home uh my mom worked for the district attorney that was representing or i guess ted bundy was representing himself and um she had to see him every day and he touched her shoulder and told uh, her she was pretty and so i don't know i don't like uh, that that one i don't like that one dude yeah. <laughs> no. He was a terrible person. Just couldn't be worse. Yeah. And if, apparently, and she did. She told me she was, he, she said, he was hot. <laughs> like, okay, mom. <laughs> a handsome man. Thanks, mom. Oh, that's funny. That's crazy. Man, that, she's like a part of history. I mean, she is. And then when it, he escaped from the prison that, he was in up there and, and the attorney called, he called her in New Mexico and said, just so you know, he escaped and she was, you know, just be on the lookout. And then he went on to kill more women. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I'm so glad that DNA evidence and stuff is starting to get so much better. I don't know why we're talking about this, but I love it. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we won't be dealing with as, as much of it. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. If I get murdered tonight, this is going to be real creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I am in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I better swipe my credit card somewhere. That's right. <laughs> Make sure I smile for the camera. Exactly. Look at me, Patrick, in Delaware. February right. 27th. Here I, I promise. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that that that's... That was another tweet. I did I did some research today. I wanted to be Yeah, you did. I'm I'm really impressed. You got Twitter, the TikTok, the Instagram reels, 
and, and some articles. Um, I haven't Googled myself in a long time, so I, I'm glad you did it. But I've, yeah, it was all I've, it was all good. Whenever, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say it was all it was all good stuff. Oh, nice. Whenever I type in my name, it's usually Brie Bagwell age, Brie Bagwell husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then like way down the list is Brie Bagwell tour. I'm like, okay, there we go. There you go. Yeah. That's funny. I've never Googled myself. I did you type in, that. I did type in uh, country metal and what came up was who is the country verse metal guy? There you go. But it's You're all famous. Nah, I think it's like because a lot of people go, "Well, who the hell are you?" And I'm like, I, "Nobody. I never said I was. I never said I was anybody. I'm just listening to the music <laughs> and giving my my take on it. And I'm not saying like I don't trash anybody. If I do, I just, I, if I don't like it, I just, you know, don't release it. There's no reason. Yeah, that's great. That is really great. I think there was a, a giant clickbait, um, you know, surge when my 2018 record came out. And there was a couple people that released really kind of mean reviews, but it was, it was to get clicks because it was really reaching the things that they were saying were very strange. And, um, and I think that, and with this last record, that didn't happen at all. So I think maybe people are kind of getting over that or maybe being called out for you don't need to be mean for the sake of 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 clicks if it's untrue and just unnecessary yeah and that's got to be scary because like you don't want to be like the one everyone picks on just because you know you're gonna they're gonna get like traction on it because right and then and you don't want to engage and you don't want to but if, if you just did the most incredibly vulnerable thing in, in the world which is release a record of your songs and you spent an incredible amount of money and then you're terrified what people are going to say about it um it's it's very weird if you're a dentist and you clean somebody's teeth you're not really are you like you're not worried about what the whole world is going to say about your work <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah because like especially the songs you're doing, they're like, like a part of your life, something you, you've lived, you know, and there, there's probably songs that somebody's like, Oh, just put it out, put it out there. And you're, you're putting out like yourself. And it's, it's, hard. Oh, yeah. it's hard. This to- last one, especially it was a product of COVID. It was a product of a lot of solo songwriting. And it was like the one that's out, the one that's the most streamed song that's out to radio right now. is called trenches. And it's about, Paul and I really just like going through COVID together and, and how hard it is. And that's, um, but also getting to go through a hard time with somebody that you really love being with. And so it's a, it's a very real song, but it's not like, Hey, my life is rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> like, yeah. no, this is what we're actually going through. And it's really tough. Yeah. I couldn't <sighs> COVID ruined everything, especially in the, whole music you just see you, know, you drive by you see like venues you used to love they're gone yep it's, you know like the yeah the gig jobs people found out they can make more money doing something else and uh, oh yeah exactly i mean we could not find players after covid we were we it was 
so hard because you know, like your guitar player has gone to work for a furniture company and is selling furniture and it's like, wow, this paycheck is really nice. And I kind of like being home. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, we lost a lot of touring musicians. Yeah. I, I, I got a lot of that. Like when I was talking to Steve, I was like, man, I was like, I wish I said, if I lived in Texas, I'd be playing for everybody. <laughs> cause it seemed, cause it, a couple of people have asked me to be on their EP. They're like, we want somebody that doesn't play like country. And I was like, well, that's me. <laughs> and it's, cool. But it's also funny. Like I'm trying to like learn how to play like a country player too. So when I get up on state, like I have like a Dean from hell and people are like, what? I thought we were coming to a country music show and I'm <laughs> big lightning bolt guitar. And I'm like, all right, I'll try to, maybe I'll get a telly. And try to look no, the part. <laughs> I mean, my guitar player has both. He also plays steel, but we also, there's a song on my record called Table Manners, and it is a straight up, like, punk rock song. Really? So, I'm definitely checking yeah. that out. Yes, it's called Table Manners, and it's, uh, I think that whole record is, every song is different from the other one, and that one, I grew up with Willie Nelson and George Strait and Selena and, like, Blink-182, you know, when, and so... <laughs> You kind of get to put that in there because I can. And I, my producer said, wow, that was so brilliant of you to make that a punk rock song. And I said, I thought you did that. So we're not sure who, <laughs> who turned it into a punk rock song, but <laughs> Just... I'll take credit for it, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. It's, it's not like cookie cutter. You can just you know, play whatever the hell you want to play. And it, and I, I think that really helps with the final product when you're not, you know, you're not making something just to make it just because you know it, it's going to hit. I mean, you hope it hits, but I don't know, there is some satisfaction in, in having like an organic thing just really take off knowing you didn't sell, you didn't sell out anything. You didn't listen to somebody that just said, hey, well, this is what's hot today. So. Right. Oh, no way. Yeah. And we didn't have to. And the musicians in the tracking room were really grateful to just have a lot of freedom. And, and we were recording in Nashville and um, Robert Plant was recording next door, um, like the studio over in the same building. So I got to hang out and talk to Robert Plant and <laughs> Allison awesome. Krauss. And so that was super neat. Allison Krauss. I, I never heard her sing. And Wow. She, she's oh, just great. unbelievable. One of the best. One yeah. of the absolute best vocalists. Oh, yeah. she's she's out of this world. And she was so nice. And she said, Breathe back. Well, I've heard your name before. And I was like, No, you haven't. But that is so nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute. That's, that's great. I would have been like, Of course you have. <laughs> right. I know. I should, I should have approached that with more confidence. But yeah, it, I, I'm. I couldn't, Paul couldn't even talk to her. He's such a big fan. He just like walked by her and went and got like a piece of candy and was like, hi, and then walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what she looks like. So I just probably would walk right by her. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's beautiful. Yeah. I have to Google her. Oh yeah. Oh, do it. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, she she was one of the ones like I didn't even know her name 
so then it, that's been one of my favorite things is to like really be like just shocked and be like, man, I have so much. I, I've missed so much by like just being in a box of uh, if that doesn't have uh, 13 million notes in it, I don't want to listen to it because you know I like the the shred guitars and everything. But now I have definitely have like it. Like there's guys that play the B benders and everything. It's incredible. Oh my gosh! Well, you would you have to my my boyfriend just got a, a double bender installed in Nashville. So. Oh really? Yes, and it is very cool and. So I know more about that than I ever thought I would. Um, <laughs> I need it. Check but, this out. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. Cause he, I mean, he's, he's really, really great. And he has this amazing band and he's like one, one trick that would, he's like, that would really inspire me to do more and, and practice more. Cause he's, he's, he's so great. And it would really add something really unique. And so he, he did it. And it was, it's very, it's a very interesting thing. Yeah. And it's, and if you, you know what you're doing, like, it's amazing sounding. I remember the first time I, I I heard it and I'm just staring at it. I'm like, what is going on? Cause I'm like, how was he doing that? And then I come to find out, I asked somebody and they're like, Oh, you move the strap and it bends the B string. And if you move it this way, I'm like, what? I know. So it's yeah, not- this one's down and then out. So it's like a really interesting body, you know, physical movement. It's, it's so, it's, it's very crazy. I have no desire to shred or, <laughs> I mean, I like when people do. I just, I like to play a guitar well enough to write songs. I also play piano, uh, play piano at, at shows. And so I like when other people do, but whenever I get any instrument in my hand, like I just want to write songs. I'm like, I just want to, just that's my, that's my biggest and only desire. Yeah. I, it's the one quote when they said, why did you start playing guitar? And you said, cause it's easier to carry than a piano or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. It doesn't make near as much sense to me as a piano. Um, yeah. but I love it. I mean, of course I love it. It's, it's not as it wasn't my first instrument. Yeah, I, that's one instrument I wish I could, I I could play. I I love the sound of a piano. Yeah. Well, if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll sit down. <laughs> Yeah, do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Some of those piano play, they like when I was talking to Drew Heracle from Cody Jinx, and I was like, hey, is that a vintage? Is that a real Leslie? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, dude, that has to have its own trailer. I'm like, you're, you're worse than a drummer. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Sorry, we're walking by. I I was like, I have no time constraints, but then I forgot we have dinner at seven. So we're walking. We live. I don't know if you know where Green Hall is, or if you heard of Green Hall down here. That's where you should come visit. But yeah. we were walking right by there, and there's music blaring out of there. But it's right by our house, so we call Green Hall our neighborhood bar, our lovely neighborhood bar, and it's it's the most famous dance hall in Texas. And there's just always great music going in there, and there's just like a loud harmonica in there. <laughs> Party. It's hard yeah. to live in a place where there's just really, really great music. Yeah. Seven nights a week. And, and that's your favorite place to play, right? Yes, I love it. I have a show there in April, April 29th, I think. And um, my first headlining show there in August was sold out. So that was just just the absolute best. One of the my favorite moments of my entire life was and my brothers got up and sang with me. And it's just, it's a magical place. There's no air conditioning, which is pretty crazy. But other than that, it's, it's just perfect in every way. 
Yeah. Yeah, I need to get down to Texas. I've, it's been a year now, so. Well, yeah, when you do, let us know. I will. I, I'm i going to, like, Highway 30, the Texas Speedway. I have, I yes. have, I have tickets for that. I, I hope I get there before then. Cause, uh, when is that? I can't remember. October? Yeah. Like early October. I know. I guess there's I, two of them. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I want to say the, that Paul's band is playing it, but I can't remember if that's true. Uh, yeah. They, all I, they, 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 I just know Cody Jenks is going to be there and Brothers Osborne. Brother Osborne. What? I think they are. Are you playing Highway 30 Music Festival? I think I think so. He doesn't know, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw they were. So you'll have to check them out. Yeah, definitely. They're great. Yeah, that, that was one of my things. I, I wanted to go to a Texas festival, so and that that's the oh, one. Yeah. That, that's the one they told me to go go to. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of good ones. Larry Joe Taylor is great and. But you was Miles Zero. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty up there in my list. Like at the top. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I I I love that. I got, I I got to meet everybody. I was like, this is really cool. Because like, if 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 you're not on the album cover, I have no idea what you look like. And people, oh, that's great. Pe- people were coming up to me, and they're like, "Hey, man, thanks for doing this." And I'm like, "Okay, all right." And <laughs> like, I I recognized Jamie Lynn Wilson from her hat. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, I got I I was looking for uh uh Rio Trippiano, uh Trippiano. I got him wrong. And it was somebody else. And uh I finally got to meet him. And I it's I didn't know he was in the Copper Chiefs. He had he said, "Hey, do you like the Copper Chiefs?" So I was like, "Oh yeah." I was like, "That's how they kind of got me in the plane like hard and heavy with the countryside." And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in it. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, dude, come on, man. We're already Facebook friends. And you mean to tell me you didn't know it was I was like, dude, I had no idea. But my my lead singer, that's like his one of his favorite bands. And I told him, I said, you want to come to Mile Zero? I said, the room's free. Just pay for the flight. Everything's fine. You can come. You know? Nope. So I was taking, I took a selfie with him. And he's like, dude, this is so unfair. I'm like, you snoozy lose, dude. Like, I told you. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, the the bass player for that band was my first bass player when I started the band, and um, he's back playing bass with me. Um, but Rio Rio lives in New Braunfels too, so we always run into him. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He's so great. He's 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 amazing. He's yeah. just putting out his own stuff now, and it's it's great. Yeah, he can play. Oh yeah, oh he's he's got it. He's got like like Stevie Ray Vaughan and all those guys. They had it. So does he. I wish I wish he would put more videos of him just jamming because I would definitely watch all of them. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he should definitely do that. He he's a talented dude. I'll tell him you said that. I'll probably see him. I think I'll see him tomorrow. <laughs> I'll tell him we talked about this. Yeah, he's yeah, and he's he's so cool. He's um yeah, he's always the best dressed. I was just going to say that. I was like, you definitely, like, he walks in, they go, there's the stage. I walk in, they go, there's no public restroom, sir. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> right. That's very funny. I got I got um, one time where 
they wouldn't let me backstage before I was playing. And the guy was like, okay, groupie. He thought I was, <laughs> he called me a groupie. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I'm actually the one that's um, about to sing. So oh, oh. if you don't let me up here, then there will be no concert. <laughs> so when, when you had access to the full PA, did you say anything about it? No, oh. no. I, I think he felt, felt dumb enough, I hope. But, um, <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, too funny. Hey, this is for uh, the gentleman right over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this next one goes out too. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, uh, that's wow. Yeah, like I said, you gotta be careful what you say to people because you never know, especially backstage. You kind of like, or like uh, the people that know how to get backstage, they tend to like know things and be people. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a a fair amount of, okay, you need to have security because I mean, especially at a place like mile zero, but it's kind of like if I already have, you know, the credentials or whatever, I don't, I don't know. It's very strange, but, um, yeah, you, these, you people, there's a girl that pretended to be me and she got on someone's tour bus one time and, um, drank all their alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it does happen. (laughs) <laughs> Were they like, hey, do you want a Diet Coke? She went, no. And they're like, imposter. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, exactly. They do you have Diet Coke, Coke and sunflower seeds? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, oh, you're not her. This breed did not, <laughs> did not pass the test. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You like pickled sunflower seeds? No, they're terrible. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I hate that we have dinner, but it just flew by. It was like so much fun talking. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. I had a great time. Hey, of course. Me too. That was awesome. And let me know whenever this is, we'll share and do all the, I'm going to make a TikTok just because you said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you enjoy your dinner. Yay. Well, thank you so much. And and we'll be in touch. All right. Good. Yay. Thanks so much. Thanks, Brie. Bye. See ya.